Hi, everybody. It's good old JR Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. again coming to you live from the 13th floor of the Nakatomi Towers. We are here in the Whalen Corporation studios nestled in the heart of the Fox Valley overlooking the crystal clear waters of Lake Winnebago. That's right, you found us. This is the Bad Medicine Podcast and we've got an extra special podcast for you today. Our One of our great friends of the podcast, he is the one true king of the north, Everyone bend the knee. This is Eric Rowan. Eric, how you doing, pal? <laughs> That's one hell of an introduction. Oh, you're, you're, I thought he was going to hang up on us just for funsies. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Well, I had, my, I had my hand on my head, and I was like, what the hell am I getting myself into? But no, it was, that was good. That was good, Quinn. Hey, you know what? The first time, shame on you. Yeah, the second, second time. <laughs> uh, Eric, have you had the pleasure of uh, of taking a swim or doing any recreational activities on the pristine Lake Winnebago here in Wisconsin? I'm, I Every time I've gone there, it's been like the winter, so it's, it's all been ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's, it's probably for the best. Quinn might be uh, exaggerating a little bit eh, with some maybe, of his uh, adjectives. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, but don't I like, mind, don't I like mind the green. Paint, I like to paint a nice picture for the audience. I always laugh at the crystal clear waters of Lake Winnebago. Well, it is. So, Rowan's got some, uh, some big stuff coming up. We're actually recording this podcast earlier from our normal time so that we can uh, get something in here before the big Royal Rumble pay-per-view. So you're going to be taking part in that, and I'm sure you'll be dominating, as we all expect. I think we're four for four on uh, on who we're picking for the Royal Rumble uh, to win here. Yeah, I think we uh, all pick the homer pick here so with the big, the big Eric Rowan. The big Norseman. Yes, sir. Hopefully he does better than the Vikings. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> His, his second favorite team. Are you a Minnesota Vikings fan, Eric? Well, first off, I think you guys are the only guys to pick me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we uh, we like to support uh, you know friends of the podcast here. Absolutely. So uh, you know, we have the. I utmost... think I'm the largest. I think I think I'm the largest underdog in the whole thing. So good. <laughs> As long as nobody goes after your cage. Yes, but you're 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 our underdog. Yeah, so. that's right. Come on. Do you, do, you, do you think I'd really bring that down there? Oh, that's true. That would be putting it at risk, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean I was actually I was actually being sarcastic. I wanted a long pause. Do you really think I'll bring it down? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm kinda I'm kinda new to all this. So uh, what's what's going on here, folks? Oak is uh, a casual fan. Is this hey Quinn, is this you on hey, the monitor wrestling? This. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, you got it. Holy nice. shit. We got a soundboard. 
That's right. We, yeah, we had some improvements since you last called in. We got a soundboard now and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. It was oh. that like a, a 99 cent app you get on Amazon or something? <laughs> no, we're uh, we're going legit now. We're uh, we're working All on right. our studios. We're gonna have video production, everything. We really uh, really stepped it up. Quinn went and really locked down a, a, a new deal with BF Goodrich and and Ford F one fifty Raptors, and then, and, and, and then of course and then Jim and the, Beam and yeah, the eleventh hour Jim Beam. Yeah, came Quinn, came so Quinn's through. been locking down some good sponsors for us. So we've been able to, you know, really take it into the uh, the 21st century. It's still the 21st century, isn't it? I believe so. I believe yeah. so. And, uh, yeah. you know, we get kind of spoiled. We get to come to the studios every Sunday and hang out and kind of shoot the shit or whatever. Uh, you're on the road a lot, obviously, 260-plus days out of the year, whatever it is. Um, who are you traveling with these days? What kind of uh, shenanigans are you getting into? I, um, I was on the road. I was on the road quite a bit with Connor from the Ascension, and then he got let go. So now I'm solo, man. Ride, riding the roads uh, like that truck driver, you know, just lonely. What's that? What's that? What's that Kurt Russell movie? Oh, Big Trouble in Little China. I thought you were um, uh, talking about Bob Seger's anthem there. <laughs> Oh no no! Turn the page, classic. I feel like I feel like Jack Burton there on the road. Jack Burton is that Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Oh, Kurt, some of Kurt Russell's question. Like now, you just have to ask yourself, what would old Jack Burton do? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so can can we ask a little bit about what your travel schedule looks like? So I, just to introduce myself, I'm I'm the newest member of the Bad Medicine Podcast, and as I refer to myself, I am a casual uh, wrestling fan. One of my good buddies from my hometown. Dauber, big shout out to Dauber. Uh, we were friends kind of in high school, you know, kind of lost connect for a while when the old face page rolled back around. We kind of reconnected and uh, he invited me to come to his dad's house and watch WrestleMania X years ago. And I don't think I've missed more than one or two WWE pay-per-views in probably the last seven or eight years. But pay-per-view is about as, as far as as far as I go. We get together for some Raw um, we go to the local shows, but I still consider myself a casual fan, so I obviously don't know as much of the ins and outs of the industry as the rest of the guys here. What does just like a general like week or month look like, you know, from a, a show to traveling to the next show? Generally, I, I do see the schedules are within, you know, the, the events are within close proximity of each other as far as from state to state. Can you give us a little bit of insight on that? I mean, if you're lucky, um, you're just at television tapings, and uh, that's a week off for you. So you, you fly out a Monday, you fly back home on Tuesday, or vice versa for Friday SmackDown, fly out Friday, go back home on Saturday. But uh, for the most part, we're always doing touring events, uh, live events, so we fly out. Like for We have two different tours, Raw and SmackDown. One starts on Friday, they usually have a house show or TV, and then you do a Saturday house show, Sunday house show, and you go TV Monday and then back Tuesday. But also mixed in there is a grab bag full of fun international uh, tours, either, you know, the short little week tour over in South Africa or Malaysia, just random countries, or we do twice a year, we do it uh, about a month tour of Europe. Okay, wow, so you guys are crazy. So do you ever get any real uh, at-home time other than a few days here and there? Um, sometimes you're lucky in between storylines where you're not booked on everything. So, 
But uh, other than that, uh, it's it's tough to have like two or three days at home. Yeah, and you were talking about the international travel. Something I wanted to kind of ask you about that, you know, I always seem to forget to ask you. But now that you've been, you know, with the company for quite a while and you've been doing some of the international, you know, tours and that sort of thing. The one thing I wanted to ask you about was about food. You know, obviously, big dude like you is uh, killing some calories. Have you kind of gotten used to like what to eat in various countries and kind of what works for you and what's safe? Actually, what's really funny is I'm starting to, I started a new diet, probably like, I don't know, 315-pound man on a diet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I started a, a diet here uh, through RP Nutrition's, and uh, I basically, I'm not eating as much. It's kind of weird, but I, I'm weighing the same, but I'm losing the weight. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I work... It, 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 Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it just uh, gives me a different appreciation for food and fuel. You know, I work, I don't know if the uh, the guys uh, gave you any insight. I work for Muscle and Fitness. I worked for Muscular Development for a long time. Now I'm with uh, American Media with Muscle and Fitness and Flex. So I cover like the big bodybuilding and fitness events, the Arnold Classic, the Mr. Olympia, stuff like that. And, you know, I have to do a lot of these interviews. And one of the questions that, that usually comes up with the more popular guys is how they balance um, training with their travel schedule. I mean, so for you, obviously, you know, you can you can kind of eat here and there. If you have prepared meals, that's one thing. But the WWE, I would say, as much as any sports uh, there is, are, are known for athletic and muscular physiques. And obviously to maintain, you know, the type of physique somebody like yourself has and a lot of the other guys on the roster, uh, there's a lot of weightlifting. How, how are you guys getting that that training in? I mean, do you get into some town and, and try to work out a hotel gym? Are you looking for 24-hour gyms? Or how, how does that uh, how does that play out for you? Um, so, like, when we're doing international tours, there's, you know, always the three square meals. You know, like, we have catering, breakfast, lunch, and dinners provided to us. We have hotels. These are for international tours. And there's always a shuttle, you know, if we have time, that'll take us to a, a gym. Okay, so they, they take care of you pretty good as far as making sure that it's accessible if you want to go. Yeah, but when you're on the road on your your own, it's it's all on you. You're, you know, you're, if you if you have a meal plan through somebody, you usually bring a bunch of prepackaged meals and a Yeti sure. or something, and then uh, you find your nearest gym before you go to the show that night, and then you you know do all the driving yourself. The international tour is kind of a just kind of like hop on a bus and you know. Just they kind of take you everywhere. For the ride you know, at that point. Kind of like a lethargic zombie journey for a little bit towards the end of it. Okay, well, and to kind of lighten the mood here a little bit, we had a little back and forth going here on the podcast oh earlier about uh, about <laughs> workout attire. And let me here just check. I, I see we, Dave. I see go. the Oak is wearing his. I'm wearing them. I'm wearing them proud. <laughs> What's your uh, opinion on yes. workout attire, whether it be uh, joggers? versus like your traditional adidas workout pants the rock 1999 as quinn put it adidas pants versus joggers for working out all right first off i can't wear any kind of pant when i work out fair enough too restricted i get get too hot Uh, that blows that question so much for that way to go quinn (laughs) but if you had to if you're lounging around the house I'm a fan of compressions, but like I like the comp- compression knee wraps. Like if I'm doing legs, you know. Uh, as far as like the tights, yeah, not not so much a fan. I mean, when I'm doing leg days, I have like a 
um, compression boxer that I wear. But as far as like a long tight, no. But I can see why some people like the whole feel, the whole look. They can go with whatever they want to feel comfortable. Personally, myself, would not comfortable wearing a whole thing. Here's the angle I'm coming from. I don't Eric. think they make them that <laughs> Here's big, though, for yeah, you I was going to say joggers for somebody as tall as you. How tall are you for the, for the, for the fans here? What are you, six, seven, eight, nine? Seven foot eight. I'm six seven and like three quarters. Okay, so joggers are going to be hard for you to find. Now, I was I was telling on the podcast that more, I, more like an ugly capri. Yeah, right. It's basically <laughs> you get joggers. It's going to be a capri. I was just saying that I I swore to God I would never wear joggers. You know, like I saw the skinny. You know. Like I'm a, I'm a old school bodybuilder. So when, you know, when the fitness community started kind of leaning more towards the mainstream look and your, your pretty boys started wearing like the tight pants with the cuffed ankles, I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then uh, a guy who's a four time Mr. Olympia, Jay Cutler started wearing them and, uh, and he gave me the confidence to try it too. And I'm telling you, if you're in cold weather, uh, climates, where they have to salt roads and there's slush, and you have the kind of workout you pants. You would know that being from Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Like, if you have pants and you're walking around and the back gets all slushy and shitty, and then you got to go to the gym, and it's, it's just a, you don't deal with that with joggers. And I've, I've reverted back but to saying. Not, not, I would beg to differ. Uh, so when I go to the gym out here in Minnesota, which is, you know, the same cold weather, maybe even colder in Wisconsin. Oh, whatever. We like to do everything better. Definitely more we snow. We like to do everything better out here. Uh, <laughs> No, I was, I was saying, uh, like, I'll, I'll wear, when I walk into the gym, you know, I, I wear, uh, like, sweatpants. And what you're talking about, getting the stuff on the back of your pants, if you wear, like, a big, thick boot, tucking those uh, sweatpants, you know, I uh, see. I mean, most gyms, see, now we're learning. Rowan has more than just a pretty face. <laughs> yeah, now we're learning. Do. <laughs> most gyms do require a separate set of shoes, so I no, can see God, that. Quinn, they, yeah. when have you ever worn a separate set of shoes well, into a gym? Not for me. It's for the exactly. for the, wait, the wait. commoners. <laughs> exactly. Quinn. Yes. So, Quinn. So you, you 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 don't wear separate shoes. You just walk into the gym with your salty, <laughs> wet shoes. That's what he does. Well, I mean, I, He's I give him a, I give him a good wipe on the rug. <laughs> he click, he'll click, he'll click them together before he goes Not in the locker room. A couple wipes, you know, the stop, click, 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 click. Okay, I'm good. good. He's the guy you see washing them in the sink. <laughs> That's right, a big pile of salt by the squat rack. <laughs> I'd rather be washing his boots in the sink than what some of the other guys do in the locker room. That's big old true. puddles by the bench press. <laughs> well, spe- you know, speaking of that, because you are traveling as much as you are and you go to a bunch of different gyms, have you seen any, any crazy stuff going on at any different gyms or anything like that? Any uh, crazy locker room stuff? stories or guys doing weird workouts anything like that uh i mean uh there's a gym in uh uh, lafayette louisiana called reds and it's uh a lot of old gentlemen that are uh very comfortable walking around yeah good love it As far as as weird things at gyms, I mean, like, you you see weird stuff happen all the time, people making up weird workouts, but at least they're in the gym. At least they're working out. There we go, absolutely. I I don't try to keep much mind to it at all. You know, I kind of keep to my own thing. The only thing that irks me and gets me pissed off, though, is when you want to work in a set with somebody and they're clearly just sitting on the machine. The worst. And you're, like, doing supersets and you need to get in. So you're like, hey, man, can I get in with you? Oh, I got four more sets. Like, come on. <laughs> four. <laughs> so take me 10 seconds and I'll be done. Well, do you find it difficult like, to yeah. lift if, like, people recognize you or anything? I mean, you do kind of stand out. No, oh, they leave me the hell alone. I mean, 
Eventually you just I'll give them the rolling look. No, I'm nice. I, I take <laughs> pictures with people like, but like, you know, it's, and you go back to the whole locker room thing. There's that locker room etiquette. Hey, can I get a picture with you? Well, I'm in the locker room with, you know, people getting changed. Like I say, yeah, you can get a picture with me, but out there. When I'm done. <laughs> a little weird. Here, here's a question I've always wondered, and uh, I'll circle back to you know the WWE and the type of physiques that they expect from a, a lot of the people on their roster. Is there pre- <laughs> not so much recently? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. roster is kind of taking a change. Yeah, there used to Owens, be. Joe. Is there is there pressure from from the higher ups and WWE for for you guys to maintain a certain shape? I mean, have there ever been uh, people that have had to come to athletes and be like, eh, you know, we really like what you're doing, but not for nothing, uh, maybe cut back on the Twinkies? Do, do they get involved, or is that something where it's kind of, you know, you you play to your character and, and you have to stay in shape because it's expected? Personally, I never see it. You know, I never see anybody get talked to about anything, whether or not it happens. I, I'm not one to say. I, I just know they never came to me. I know in uh, FCW, the developmental was their territory before NXT, which I was kind of in between both of those. Uh, yeah, they came to some people and said, hey, well, you need to change your physique. You need to do something a little different. So, but yeah, I never had that. I just kind of was always motivated for myself and how I feel like I you know, look or feel for myself. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be the big motivating factor for, you know, for our listeners who, you know, who who maybe don't do things out in, uh, you know, out in front of people or in a public setting, I guess. You know, I mean, the pressure is on you. If you're going to be out there in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people every week, you're going to certainly want to, you know, look your best and be your best. So, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I it's, think you it's bring totally on, on you. You're yeah. selling yourself to everybody, so you want to, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just do it half-assed. I mean... But you are like a, a bigger guy, so it, it, you want to be in shape because if you want to have a long career where, you know, you're doing this for the longevity, you're going to want to be in shape and, you know, make sure like the knees and your joints are taken care of. No, definitely. And that's uh, that's a big thing that happened when I switched over my diet, too. I couldn't imagine that my joints were feeling so much different. Plus, I oh, nice. uh, found out that, you know, probably about maybe like – five or six months ago that I might have a gluten intolerance, which, you know, I kind of goffed at at first, but then my trainer kind of talked about maybe trying it for a couple of weeks. I did. And my joints have never felt better. Oh, I may have found your weakness. I'm going to throw some He's bread at you in the so. ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they make a free bread. Ah, that's true. Well, Cause like, like on the international flights or even the normal flights, do you get cramped into the, like the smaller seats or are you, are you high, you know, first class? Uh, the first, you know, four four years on the road, it was I was always cramped down in coach, and oh, it Jesus. was very uncomfortable. And I kind of questioned my choice about uh, doing this job. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, lately I've been uh, been lucky enough to have some pretty good flights, and every once in a while I'll be back down in coach, and I'll remember how much I hate flying. <laughs> but even even first class, I fly a lot. Oh yeah, even yeah. I fly a lot yeah. with Delta, and I've got enough Sky Miles to where you know sometimes I'm getting upgraded first class for free. And over, I'm I'm five ten, and I've got short legs for somebody who's five ten, which is probably why it's so easy to find joggers. Um, but even get some e- in the ladies e- section. Yeah, easy, easy. <laughs> 
even for somebody 510 the even the first class i mean first class isn't what it used to be i mean those seats are slightly larger and you get you get it's more leg room for sure but i have to imagine there's no such thing as comfortable flying for you especially if you have to use a bathroom on the plane at at six foot uh, seven pushing six foot eight there's probably no such thing as a uh, as a comfortable airplane bathroom for you i'm guessing no no it's uh it's a little difficult I, I tell you though, the the best thing I did uh, with this diet is took inches off the waist, so I actually fit into the, what I call the dreaded hip hugger seat. There you oh, go, nice, nice. The, the hip, for hip, for those who don't fly too much, hip hugger seats are those that have fixed sides that do not go up. The on bulkhead seats, the- yeah, the bulkhead seats. Yeah. They're always next yeah. to. Uh, they're always the ones that are right behind the uh, the exit. It's like, <laughs> yep. yeah, but it's a trade off because usually you can't. You got to fit your fat ass and your thighs into them, but you usually always have like a little bit of le- extra leg room with those seats. <laughs> So it's like, uh, well, it's funny that you say your uh, waist is smaller here. I thought it was because you switched from that green jumpsuit to the slimming black shirts that you've been wearing. (laughs) I don't know that I would actually make your physical measurement of your waist smaller, Andrew. Well, when you wear that big green jumpsuit, you know, it gets filled up with air and makes it wider. Well, I did change the subject. I did notice on the the latest match you had with Matt Hardy, I mean, this is, you know, no shit, not me just blowing smoke. I thought you were moving – you know, really good and, and really quick and crisp. So, I mean, clearly, you know, dropping the weight and everything's had a positive impact. I mean, I'm sure you can probably tell the difference when you're in the ring, too. Well, but considering that was the longest match I've had in, like, 10 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. You weren't just killing <laughs> local guys. <laughs> I, uh... I actually uh, had a little competition. I got to move around a little bit, you know? Yeah, because I was watching, I'm like, damn, he's he's moving really good and quick and crisp and... But yeah, to your point, eh, maybe just wasn't killing some poor kid. Well, is it is it a lot of fun just crushing a local guy like that? Uh, next subject. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, is this a video from the old Experience Fitness? No, no. So the big <laughs> UFC fight. This was another hotly contested topic on the uh, on the podcast here. I'm 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 sorry. I blinked my eyes. I think I missed. Jesus, 40 40 40 seconds seconds of of nonstop pure action. Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Don Cerrone. Uh, Eric uh, Quinn thinks these guys are bums, not much of a UFC fan himself. Uh, I don't know. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, Andrew watched the whole thing. Now, uh, obviously, a huh hugely hyped fight. yeah, Don Cerrone, a, a great fighter, uh, kind of a staple in the UFC, but obviously Conor McGregor's presence uh, being the reason for the hype. Uh, two year, uh, uh, he's been out, or he was out of the ring for two years before he lost to Khabib, taking another year off. Um, what did you think the fight was going to play out like? Uh, I thought it would be longer. yeah a lot of the consensus uh between uh people who you know kind of really really into ufc you know kind of were saying if if uh cowboy could have made it out of that first round he would have had a much better chance and that it was really just a matter of him being able to weather um the uh the onslaught that uh uh, connor usually brings yeah so that was an interesting thing um so i had never seen those before and i've watched a lot of ufc i'm not like a crazy fan i don't watch all of them because now they're on 
like wouldn't that be, wouldn't that wouldn't that be considered like a headbutt? No, they're like they're totally illegal. They're illegal. They're illegal. Apparently, nobody does them other than um, uh, John Jones. Jones used yeah. John Jones apparently does them regularly, okay. but it's but just, it's a little it's bit just more an awkward way of being yeah, able to like get John to Jones. Um, in my understanding, it he'll throw it a little bit more when guys are are clinched like real tight. He'll just kind of slip mm-hmm. it in there. Just to kind of loosen up the clinch, if you, you know, stun somebody for a second, and then possibly open up more room for uh, you know some sort of takedown. But Connor was throwing his shoulders as strikes, and the first couple that he threw, I'm like, what in the fuck is he doing? And then you could tell it worked. <laughs> you could tell that he was causing like some damage, and that there was some serious impact. And obviously, the shoulder, a, a giant piece of surface area. But it, it to me, it it did look a little bit cheap, Eric, and. I wouldn't be upset if the UFC came around and said, "Hey, no more, no more of the throwing shoulders." Well, I remember when I liked the UFC; it was no rules, heavyweights and lightweights all fought each other, just throwing bombs. Just See, I love just blood sport. <laughs> so we actually uh, we're actually going to be having Frank, uh, Eric. I'm guessing you've seen the movie Blood Sport with Jean Claude Van Damme, correct? Yes. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the, 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 I know the real, I'm friends with the real Frank Dukes in, in real life. I met him a few years ago when I was doing media coverage at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. And, and How old is he now? Uh, Frank is, I want to say late 50s or early 60s. You know, the funny thing is he's actually, and it was weird because we saw him at this, um, it was called the International Sports Hall of Fame. So every year uh, at the Arnold Classic, they do this like Hall of Fame induction, usually with a, a, a fighter, uh, you know, an actor, uh, a bodybuilder, you know, a football player, yada, yada. And he was there one year. Well, how old is he, Andrew? He is 63 years young. 63 years old. So I met him there that year. I had a, like a total Mark fanboy moment, whatever you want to call it, you know, because I'd been watching blood sports since I was a kid and into martial arts. But he's actually, he's a good, like, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, he's, a, he's a big dude, giant hands like you would expect from somebody who's a fighter. But um, they came after him really, really hard to do – um, UFC and its original inception, which, as you kind of uh, had uh, alluded to, that was what it was supposed to be when it started. UFC was never supposed to be mixed martial arts. It was very much supposed to be which style is more effective and who is the best at one style and, and can they beat other people, in which, you know, Frank and I have had extensive discussions about, you know, the actual Kumite and what he fought <laughs> in. And essentially all that Kumite was is it was a uh, it was a big underground um chinese mafia gambling thing and it was essentially like you know just like a, a human dog or cockfight they just wanted to see which style worked best they didn't want guys they very specifically didn't want guys trying to adapt to other people's styles they just wanted them to fight how they fought but uh it definitely made things more interesting but i think people found out very early on in ufc um the brazilian jiu-jitsu guys were kind of dominating hoist because gracie. hoist gracie yeah i mean it's you know if you could if you could withstand a few punches and you got a guy to the ground nobody knew what the shit they were doing yeah. what is this i what is this see i think they should bring back the uh the honey and the glass on the fists <laughs> i think that'd do wonders for the buy rates for the pay-per-views jesus christ Quinn. <laughs> one punch to the jugular dude dies in the ring oh maybe this wasn't such a good idea but um, just give his family an extra million for their troubles yeah we all take our chances <laughs> so so the the end of the fight um we had a, a, a discussions here and there's a lot of people who think that the fight was fixed 
um, because of the fact that if Connor lost two in a row, you know, that, that puts him in a really bad spot. And because Don Cerrone can win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, and still maintain a level of popularity. Do you think that in, uh, in today's UFC with as much money, uh, with as much money as going, uh, through their pay-per-views and with the dollars that are spent on gambling, do you, do you see there be a possibility of, of those fights being fixed at all? I mean, could any legitimate sport be fixed? Yes. Uh, is there a way to prove it really? No. Uh, if, if it ever came out that they were fixed, it would be detrimental to the UFC and they would not recover. So like it's just hearsay and whatever, and you know, you can you can you can say you think it's fixed or not, uh, but at the end of the day, it's a legitimate fighting thing. I mean, like, well, my my counterpoint to people saying it was fixed. If you watch the video in slow motion, um, Connor very clearly smashed the shit out of Cerrone's nose with those shoulders. And that head kick he threw uh, was was brutal. And for somebody to take a shot like that to the head, and uh, and then continue to have to deal with a barrage of punches and stuff like that, um, you know, whether it was predecided that that somebody was going to win or something like that, that doesn't take away the fact that Cerrone suffered a massive concussion via left foot roundhouse. And so I, I think. Uh, and, 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 and my counter to that would be, have you seen what I do? And well, that's what, that's what, that's what, see, that's what that we've taken and we've continued and maybe been concussed, but not known it right away yeah. or maybe have and just fought through it. See, that was my point was that I've seen, uh, I've seen the point that I made to the Oak here was that I've seen guys on the indie level, like mutilate themselves for like 20 bucks with a razor blade and take unprotected chair shots and everything else. And, you know, this guy's got some big money on the line. So there's the, I was, it, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility. I and was, it's already been proven. And it's already been proven. There's been professional boxers out there have taken falls and fights. And some of those guys, you know, are reaping the concussions right now. Sure. sure. Yeah. And there was, I, you know, I don't know how true it is, but like I saw a couple articles, it was like the 10 most, you know, fixed MMA fights. And granted, a lot of them were like overseas. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of Japanese fighters who were really popular and then they wanted to bring their popularity back. So like they'd have guys come in and do the job for them or whatever. But yeah, I guess the only people who know are, uh, Connor and, and, uh, Don and, Maybe uh, who's ever running it? Good old Dana. Well, Speaking of like, you guys, I watched, I watched even the channel. I like. I, talk let me, about let me it. just let me let me just want to think it's real. How's that? Yeah, because yeah. he was talking about Connor's ground upon where he's like he's one of the few guys that he's not out of control when he gets the top of the ground upon. You see some guys they just keep swinging Start and swinging and swinging. Fists, yeah. He's like Connor. He's cool and collected, and he picks his spots yeah, to get he in. Wait so you wait for his opportunity. So that so. way he gets the most out of each one of his punches yeah. now eric i was it's funny that you bring that up i was at an event in green bay and stroman and lesnar were in the ring together and they exchanged a couple of incredibly legitimate shots now i don't know if these guys have told you um i did a little bit of work a handful of years ago with uh, ashley sabera dana brooke um and so she's you know she's been very generous and getting me some really cool seats and we sat um second row um last time raw was in in green bay and uh the 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 shots that some of these guys were taking i mean we're just you know you watch it on tv is one thing but you see it in person we're like oh shit 
But I don't know if it was at that one, but there was one we were at where Stroman and Lesnar like nailed each other. And I forget who threw the first. Somebody hit one, one of them hit each other very hard. Um, and the other, I think it was uh, Brock dinged up Strowman pretty hard. Yeah, I think he gave him one. To, and then Strowman, then Strowman came back and just our, lit him yeah, up. No, I, uh, was it the other way around? That's what you call in our business. That's what you call in our business a receipt. Yeah, and uh, Strowman tried to throw a, a knee to the head. And That's exactly. Uh, followed through all the way through, and uh, he got a punch to the side of the head. Yeah, that's and, what it was. Well, I, I couldn't you can remember clearly which... hear Brock go slow the fuck down. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't remember which way it was, but we were just like, holy shit. Is that something that I mean, is that something that happens a lot where where guys are taking shots like that? I mean, it it happens. But uh if you're going to be professional and do this as long as you want to do it, you try to make it look as real as possible. Uh suspend belief within the fans. You get invested in it to believe that it's as real as possible without obviously hurting your opponent. You're like my nut shot from Kevin Thorne. <laughs> I, I did a. Or I, didn't, that, or, or, uh, or I took a noogie from uh, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> a noogie. On a, fre- that was, that on a freshly. That, that, on a freshly that shaven bald real. head. That was all too real. That was all too real and embarrassing. <laughs> Shoot, left, left you with a rash. Should I do it again? <laughs> uh, Eric, you seem like a a manly man. We're gonna dive away from wrestling here for a minute. Um, we, you know, it's it's been the, the four of us on the podcast for a while, uh, so we like getting outside point of views, uh, especially on some man shit here on the Bad Medicine podcast. Now we're working on the studios uh, here. I have uh, a regular sedan. Uh, Dave's got an SUV. Andrew's got a really nice uh, Forerunner, but not uh, that much space for plywood. And, and Quinn has the pickup truck, and he has been continually gloating, shaming. No, not gloating. <laughs> truck shaming <laughs> us. Truck shaming, saying that it is inexcusable that as grown men and homeowners, that we don't have a pickup truck. Uh, where where do you stand on this uh, this issue? Well, first off, I think uh, Quinn just likes to waste gas. Second off, if I can be kind of like the, you know, like the opinion that that kind of like puts everything, you know, the majority kind of yep. opinion of this, it would be uh, I drive an FJ, which is not a truck. I you know, used to have an. What what color is it? Uh, it's great. Uh, 2007. Oh, and it runs nice. perfect. Like, perfect. I had a uh, 2007. I had a black FJ with a white top, no rack, and then a white hockey yeah. striped on it. I loved my FJ Cruiser. Do you drive yours through a bunch of stupid shit? Because I I had to. Like <laughs> once I got that truck, uh, the the car. Well, had- when I when I when I first got it, the next day I almost got in a crash. Put it in four wheel drive, and uh, uh, it didn't have the winter tires. Ah, see, Whoa. tires. You gotta have winter Quinn's tires. Favorite thing ever. So, 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 you know, first thing we did was get winter tires for it. Because uh, my wife, she drives the the same exact car. So that's why I got the car. Nice. I like her car so bad. She wouldn't let me drive her, so I got my own. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I found that the uh, the the wheels being as close to the front and rear of the vehicle allowed me to take some seriously steep angles without the bumpers getting hung up and i drove in some stupid stupid conditions uh both in deep snow 
down in ditches, off road. Uh, you guys are. Uh, there's a, a restaurant, a Buffalo Wild Wings, on College Avenue, on one of the streets near here. And in the winter, they had uh, the snow from the parking lot plowed up into a big mound. And then if you're facing north, there's the ditch that goes down and then comes up onto College Avenue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Went right up over the snow mound. I'm lucky I didn't get high-centered because the snow mound was yeah. a little bit high. But I went right down into a ditch up onto uh, the road. The girl I was dating at the time didn't think it was uh, oh, it was that all that sold her on. That's like as good as doing a handbrake turn. No, but I loved my FJ Cruiser. You know, the only thing I didn't like about it was those clamshell doors, like trying to get shit in the back seat or in when you're parked in tight spots and stuff like that. That's what I didn't uh, I didn't like about it. But otherwise, I love that vehicle. So your vote? Not a, well. I think he just made it clear. Well, he didn't exactly. He, he said I like to waste gas, but as far as a useful tool for a homeowner, no, 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 no. That's well, it. Don't I'm change it. In. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the the the, F, the FJ is uh, actually the two seats in the back fold down and leave ample room for anything I need to get from a Menards or a Home Depot. Uh, you should see Quinn's uh, face right now. Quinn, you should see Quinn's face. Looks he's like not. He's not mad. He's just disappointed. <laughs> no, he's just, got us here. And, 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 did you know that most Menards and Home Depots uh, rent trucks for like fifteen dollars <laughs> for like four hours? Well, you, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to rent a truck. Don't. You know that wouldn't oh, be very on, manly. Somebody speaking else's of shit. holy shit, I'd rather waste <laughs> gas for the speaking entire of life which, of the truck. Speaking a trip to Menards, holy fucking hell! I can't believe I almost forgot this story. Uh, Eric, you're gonna get a kick out of this. I uh, myself, no, we should probably just pass. Myself and Diamond Dave Damone at Menards, uh, looking for 45 Be easy with that shovel there. 45 degree angle. Uh, Brackets, braces. Uh, we we're building something with a 45 degree angle. We needed some sort of braces. Now, in, in, in most Bob of the. Yeah, look, if we're looking at truss plates or, or connecting straps and stuff like that, everything is in, you know, either straight or 90 degrees. So we went to a couple places looking for 45 degree angle. I figured we wouldn't find it, but we were like, whatever. I prefer to maintain my man card and not ask for help at a home improvement store unless I have to. And when I do ask for help, uh, one, to maintain my dignity, I try to find the most manly man looking. You know, usually the old guy who's been there for a while, a retired vet or something. Hey, guy, you know where I can find? Oh, I got you. Hey, who'd you ask for a dog toy when you get... uh We'll come. We'll circle back. Keep going. That was in the dog toy section, guy. Going. Not in the hardware keep section. Going. So we're in the connector <laughs> section. Dave's like, I'll ask somebody. I'm like, I'll just let me look. He's like, I'll ask somebody. <laughs> and now we're not. Look, we're not sexist here at the Bad Medicine Podcast. But it's one thing to ask for help at a home improvement store. <laughs> it's another thing for two grown men to ask for help from a woman at a home improvement store. Not to say women, uh, you know, can't be great employees. Um, Dave found and uh, what appeared to be the most clueless employee there, and he just proceeded to ask her, do you know if you have any 45-degree um, connector brackets? And she looked like a fucking deer in headlights. She had no idea. And so she looked for a half a second. You and sure I'm like, that doesn't everybody that works at that store? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically and I'm trying to bail out of this situation, right? Like, I'm trying to bail hard. He's like slowly moving on. She looked screen. for like a half second. I was like, no, oh, they're probably not over here. Thanks. And Dave's, oh, let her, we'll let her look. And I'm like, 
I'm, I'm like, no, no, we're, we're probably good. We'll go over to the next. And I'm like trying to give Dave like this look, you know? And it's like, he didn't get I it like it. right in front of this chick. He's like, what, what? I'm like, come on, man. What? What's wrong? I'm just asking her for help. I'm like, just ah, abort, abort, abort. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I just, it was, it was, uh, I was embarrassed for you, Dave. You know, Eric, she must have thought give what a, a nice couple. Let's get a little more context here. So we've been looking for a good solid hour. I think you would say Con- combining the Home Depot trip and the Menards trip. And we were not having oh, any geez. luck finding no what luck. we were looking for. And so, lo and behold, I do one 90-degree turn. I see an employee. That's <laughs> <laughs> the finally first knows person his I angles. You guys had to fucking be there. <laughs> maybe, maybe, we can get the, maybe we can get you the security turn. You didn't do a 180? No, it's <laughs> a 90-degree turn. I was like, hey, miss. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had to fucking see it. She looked at Dave, uh, what? Yeah, she you know, was, And then she just walks over, so we're by the connect. You know, was she Quinn, older or uh, younger? So we're, we're, by, uh, we're by joist, joist hangers, trust young. plates. 50 okay. years young. Joist hangers, trust plates, shit Jumping like that. You're a construction roll. guy. Sure. You know what I'm talking yep. about. God. And that, yes, and Dave, you are correct. Later on, when I was wondering if they had <laughs> Nyla Bone dog toys, I asked a female, don't you for two fucking seconds try to compare me asking where a specific <laughs> dog toy was. Jesus. Okay, so is Eric, is that, he is probably that, hung up now. Eric, is that a, no? Is that a man card violation to ask a woman for help at a hardware store? Absolutely not. Actually, Thank you, sir. My 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 wife's actually. She's listening right now, isn't she? <laughs> she's listening right now, Uh-oh. and she's looking at me with the same look I got in my face because she, you know, takes care of a lot of the stuff at the house. So I, you know, you, on so you guys are basically just attacking my man card. Oh, well, oh, no. your wife probably knows what a 45-degree <laughs> angle bracket looks like and wouldn't have to ask somebody in the first place. Well, that. She could have been there and yeah, gave what I asked her. People actually know what that is. Uh, you know, us folks who have done uh, construction. Or maybe somebody that works at a hardware store would be <laughs> aware of what they're carrying. Well, you guys are talking about building stuff. Uh, we heard a little, little, little birdie total said, you have a new bar down in, uh, at the homestead. So how long did designed, that take you? you know? Designed by the wife, and we did not build it. We outsourced. Ah, so Quinn, Quinn's going to look on his face again. <laughs> oh, he didn't do anything? It's because you didn't have a truck. That's why. That's probably why, yeah. because you didn't have a truck. Yeah, see, you can't you can't fit an entire bar in the back of an FJ. <laughs> it's not possible. We, so, you know what we did fit in the back of the FJ? Lots of liquor. Lots there of liquor. We go. There we go. There we go. Well, I hope uh, I hope that that Jim Beam bottle's not completely gone by the time I get there. But uh, you know, one can hope. <laughs> so no you problems. were able to, to to farm that out. So you, everything went pretty smooth with the uh, with the install, the bar, no issues, no uh, no contractor nightmares, anything like that. Uh, the guy's first time building a bar, and. Uh, the colors didn't turn out exactly the way uh, my wife envisioned, so it, it took a little bit of time. <laughs> okay, but yeah, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> Quinn's trying to bite his tongue over That's here. That's a so. nice, polite way of saying, "Yeah, we like it." <laughs> yeah, we like it. So the, but you are satisfied with the final product. <laughs> Jesus, very satisfied. All right, all right. Uh, That's what we wanted nice. to know. Quinn, you know what? Quinn's I, gonna have to bury his uh, his his truck stuff. Quinn, you you lost this one. 
Uh, I think we should sell the truck, Quinn. You don't need the truck. Well, quite the opposite. (laughs) Quinn just purchased a second truck. Quinn, why don't you tell him about it? I did. I I purchased a second truck. I like this one so much, I thought I'd buy another one. I picked up a uh, a 1991 Ford Ranger (laughs) with a topper and a brush guard (laughs) for $200. And it runs. How many miles? How many miles? Nah, that? like 130,000. Nothing crazy. Somebody all put right, a brush guard right. on a Ranger? <laughs> what? He didn't tell us that you before, know, so Eric. He left off the fact that it had a brush guard on well, it. Well, seeing what my plan is for this truck is I want to rip the bed off it. I want to build a flatbed for it and use it for uh, for dragging logs and, you know, different types of lumber out of the wood up by the, or out of the woods up by the cabin. So we have a way to, you know, kind of a way to do that to, you know, for big bonfires and for the, uh, you know, for the stove inside the cabin and whatnot. So that that's kind of the build that I'm looking at for the Ranger. I'm thinking get some chains on the tires and everything and hope that the axle doesn't explode <laughs> from the traction. Jesus Christ. So, so the yeah, first you can time never he drives it will be the last time he You can never it. have too many pickup trucks. It does have a little transmission leak, but that's not a big deal. <laughs> oh, he's going to end up spending more fixing that goddamn transmission <laughs> than he spent for the truck. Guaranteed. The truck was 200 but the transmission was How much did you spend? How much did you get the truck for? 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Like for real, two hundred dollars? Yeah. Do you even register? Oh, is this a price oh. scratch well, off? Or? Do, do I've got a. I have to drive it uh, down from Marinette. It's at my brother's place right now. So whose truck is it? It was a, a friend of my brother's. No, was it worth two hundred, or well, is it just, is it that big of a piece of shit that it's only worth two hundred, or does somebody own it and wanted to get rid of he it? He just and we're like, like oh, ah, fuck it, just give me, truck. Oh, just yeah, give me two hundred bucks. Because there's a there's a big difference between this vehicle is actually worth two hundred dollars and somebody just wants to fucking get rid of it. Here's two hundred bucks. Yeah, I think it was something he just kind of wanted to get rid of, and that's all okay. he needed for it. Well, I think so I think we got I think we got our answer here on trucks. Clearly, you don't need a truck to be a uh, a, a really man man and if you ask a female for help at a hardware store you don't lose your man card i like how you he gotta, pointed at dave as you the gotta, female you got a partner in crime here dave uh we we want we want to talk a little bit more Quinn, about Quinn, yeah, yeah. Quinn, you, you knew i had a chevy uh, malibu before i got the fj so uh, my question to you is do you were you attacking my manhood i was not i would say he was i would say he absolutely was well, see, I know that given your line of work, it made sense <laughs> oh, to have that sort of vehicle. Here we right? go. But uh, I just didn't know if you thought that maybe having a pickup truck would have made the new uh, housework and improvements God. that you were doing on the new place a little bit easier. I equated a, uh, a pickup truck to a squat rack in that. Uh, Look, yeah, I, 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 I outsourced everything. So, like, I was just. I didn't have time to do it myself. Yeah, you have yeah, a, you have see, a good excuse. Yeah, you got a time crunch. You're you're a little bit different. You know story that Homer Simpson meme where he comes out of the bushes and then slowly slides back. <laughs> that's not that's, me. That's Quinn right no, now. It's, not. it's, it's Quinn with a shirt on that says back. "Trucks Rule." If, if <laughs> I have uh, to die on this hill, I will. Uh, so, <laughs> Eric, we had another uh, uh, interesting fight discussion that uh, involves somebody also that's been active with WWE, and that was Tyson Fury. Uh, he made the news. Um, was that a, last week? <laughs> he made the news last week for uh, some interesting training methods. Uh, you even allowed to dabble in that talk or not so much? We can skip by this. What's 
Let me know what the news is. Well, they uh, they were <laughs> no, we're we're good. We're good rolling right past this. We want to talk a little bit of football and Super Bowl as well. But well, I want to I want to know what the news is. So first. Tyson Fury, he came out and he's saying um, he's preparing for his fight against Deontay Wilder, and he's basically said, you know, I'm willing to do anything that I can do to help gain the advantage, you know, within inside the the rules of the WBC or whichever organization this fight is for, and he's saying so in order to help keep his testosterone levels high he's masturbating seven times a day uh now uh we had a fun discussion with this one on a couple different <laughs> a couple different uh, a couple different levels one like seven times a day seems excessive uh two like if the guy's a multi-millionaire world heavyweight champion wouldn't he just be banging seven times a day and three uh, Will Is it between spar sessions Will and stuff Smith like that? actually getting ready for the movie Ali when he had to slap on 40 pounds of muscle, which we know he did from the Marvel diet, but he actually said it was the exact opposite. He's like, I haven't had sex for like six months because he was trying to keep his testosterone levels high. We thought it was interesting that somebody as high profile as Tyson Fury just came out and said, look, I'm whacking it seven times a day <laughs> to try to keep my testosterone levels high. Uh, have you heard of uh, similar training protocols? <laughs> I mean, didn't didn't Rocky get his advice from Mickey where he said to stay away from Adrian? Uh, women make weak legs. Well, see, Absolutely. That's, that's what I thought. That's why it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems backwards. All right. Next, next topic. So, anyhow, we got the Super Bowl <laughs> Super coming up coming in two up. weeks. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the NFL Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to get into uh, halftime shows. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine just released um, recently their, um, I think, 20 or 25 greatest halftime shows of all time, which was a little bit controversial. Some people weren't crazy about it. But uh, upcoming Super Bowl, I think the general consensus is it's going to be a, a fun game. Do you have a favorite going into next Sunday? San Francisco. You thinking that team is just way too revved up and jacked up to be stopped? Because that, that's kind of what I saw. I mean, they the did kind of run over both of our teams. You know, your Vikings, our Packers. Well, I, I, I figure uh, it always makes me feel better for the Vikings to lose to a team that actually wins the Super Bowl. Uh, see, I always thought the it. opposite way. I, I you always, always wanted like, to I see them in, lose. in high school, like teams we would play or college or whatever, teams you would play, you'd want to see them just lose and just get their ass kicked, the most embarrassing. No, because I'd, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather lose to the absolute best than a second place fiddle. Yeah, I can see that point. I was just more vindictive, I guess, and just wanted those guys <laughs> to be to be sad and, and angry. Don't worry, <laughs> don't don't worry. I was very happy when they beat you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, wasn't I. Well, uh, I heard that you had an Erlacher jersey. So, one, uh, Quinn obviously has a disdain for jerseys. And two, it was an Erlacher jersey when the Vikings are. Hey, team. if you are going to wear a jersey, that's a great jersey to wear. Why do you have a disdain for jerseys, Quinn? I never heard that before. What's your problem with jerseys? You never heard my thing on jerseys? No. Oh, see, I... Oh, yeah, you did. You bitched like nobody over the age of 12 should wear a jersey. Yeah, nobody over the age of 12. Or or, or you should be the guy's uh, significant other to wear the jersey. God. And uh, if if I'm not mistaken, that that, uh, jersey was part of my gym attire. (laughs) <laughs> that's true it was that was this i think you were wearing that when you it thought it'd mesh. be it was it was it was mesh and you could breathe through it that's right <laughs> i think you were wearing that when you thought it'd be a good idea to do to do uh wind sprints outside the gym after doing legs and you exploded your hamstring <laughs> oh, right. let, let, me, let, 
Let, let, let, okay. <laughs> you challenged me. Well, you, you, you went for a, you you raced out in the parking lot. I'm not. I'm not going to say no, but let's just say I. <laughs> I was working overnights at the time. I was in no condition to run sprints. See, I knew he was weak. I knew I could so tell you guys. Just you guys had like a meathead. Oh, I could run faster than you. Bullshit! If you can, my ass. Hey, I'll, I'll do I, it right I now. Be, I, to my defense, I was beating him until my my hamstring snapped. All of a sudden, you just heard. There you want to finish the race? You got to have an engine. <laughs> uh, I, I was in the gym the next day, though. That's true. Doesn't uh, matter if you win by an uh, inch or a mile. Oh, Winning's God. winning. Quinn has to find a way to work Fast and Furious into every yeah, single podcast. I was going to say, Eric, how many times during you guys' conversations does he work in Fast and Furious quotes? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Every time, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has to find a fucking way every podcast. You, you probably like if you guys get on the phone. What are you doing, Quinn? Oh, I'm watching Furious <laughs> Five again. Is that what again. Quinn, <laughs> so Quinn does on the weekends? Oh, this is gonna be good. It's so what's this? So so let me guess. Is is, is the least favorite Fast and Furious is Part Two? Oh, boy, no. least favorite. God, you know, wow, that's a great I, question, Quinn. What question is your least I, favorite? Gosh, I have not that's really thought a about that. Eric, you know, part three is basically just like a Western. Part two was my favorite. Tokyo Drift too is just it's, like it's a Western. Like, it's solid. Yeah. I think it's solid. Yeah, boy, if, if I had to pick one, I would say Jesus, you I should see. You should I guess see his brain the, just grinding is, right so, now. The steam is coming out. I would probably have to go with uh, number seven because of the real life tragedy with... Uh, Paul Walker. You know, if yeah. Paul Walker died. So I guess I would have to say seven would be my least favorite. As Quinn was walking out of the theater with a tear in his uh, eye. It was dusty in there. I don't remember what happened in any of them after three. So. Yeah, Blackheart over here. Well, they brought The Rock in for part five, which was, and they brought in like a jacked up version of The Rock, which was pretty, pretty awesome. So, yeah, uh, that wasn't Tooth Fairy Rock. That was no, <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, I when I met the Rock first in Pittsburgh, he was uh, shooting San Andreas, so he was definitely a uh, a downsized Rock. Um, but yeah, they uh, there wasn't nothing downsized about him for the Fast and Furious movies. Well, if he went to caught Rowan by surprise in that WrestleMania match, Rowan would have beat him at Mania. Yeah, clearly would have been a totally different story. That's right. Okay, so 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 you think that you want the 49ers to win a realistic uh, uh, outlook on the game? Um, who do you who do you think is going to win if you had to pick a team? Same. Same. That 49ers defense is yeah. The 49ers defense yeah, is pretty tough. They're, they're they're fast. They have a lot of speed. They get to the ball. They rally to the ball real quick. And yeah. that D line. If you can rush four and drop seven back every play, yeah, that's tough the, to beat. It worked for the Giants, you know. Yeah, it worked for the Giants, and Nick Bosa, you can't stop the kid. Yeah, that like, guy. Somebody coming, needs to get that guy on. <laughs> that like, he guy. was coming off the field, and I was like, I pointed to Oak and Quinn, like, look at that. Imagine trying to block that. He's no, just fuck that. <laughs> no way. No. But, uh, I, you know, I, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Um, I am a. Uh, a big fan of the the play of Patrick Mahomes. He's he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. And um, outside of rooting for the Green Bay Packers, you know, I enjoy watching uh, players who I think bring a little bit of extra something to the game of football. And I definitely think uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, fits that bill. And a lot of people will say um, from the state of Wisconsin, or a lot of people that are people's people that are Packers fans 
will say that Mahomes reminds them of uh, of a of a young Brett Favre, just kind of that run and gun style, just the enthusiasm he has for the game, being able to throw off his left back reverse foot <laughs> sixty yards and, and hit somebody for a touchdown. So um, I don't really have a horse in the race per se because uh, all the teams that I normally would actually root for have been eliminated. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be cheering for the Chiefs just because I like Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to pull for the Chiefs as well, only because I want to see the 49ers lose. But <laughs> Just a, historically, in Super course. Bowls, it's defense and running game that wins you a Super Bowl. So I have a hard time seeing the Niners not winning. I would go with uh, the Chiefs just because their offense is so good. They have so many weapons that can easily match up and beat the speed of the Niners. And I want to see Andy Reid win it because you know, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, you know he was an assistant here in Green Bay under Holmgren, so that would be kind of nice for him. Plus, he's He's been such a good coach for so long. I would like to see Andy Reid win one, but uh, I think the Niners are just going to take it. I think their yeah, defense, defense is too fast. Their defense is just, and they're, they, just good. Kyle Shanahan is a great play caller. He puts really good designs together. Oh, yeah, run right, run left, run yeah, up like the middle. Had, like he has, they, what he if Garoppolo, that Garoppolo had, game. what, 76 you guys yards? Are off a one Garoppolo game. threw for eight attempts. Eight attempts for like 70-some hey, yards. Do you guys remember when Rodgers came out after he beat the Bears, unfortunately, but... We got a defense. That's right. Not so much. Nah, piss yeah, like off. He said, no, well, we had a pass defense. All right. So speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Super Bowls, like we said earlier, um, Rolling Stone uh, came out with their list uh, earlier on this week. Now, they went with the 31 best Super Bowl shows of halftime. Rolling Stone magazine, uh, an American staple, an international staple in, in all things music. Uh, so you'd like to think that um, their rankings would be pretty legitimate. Now, looking through these, um, uh, I thought it was pretty good for the most part. A few that I didn't expect uh, as high as they would be. A few um, that I thought could be a little bit higher. Um, let's go around the table before we actually get into this list. Let's go around the table and talk about our favorite halftime shows of all time. Okay, gentlemen, Eric, we can start with you. Favorite halftime show ever in a Super Bowl? I mean, I like heavier music, and I can't, I'm trying to remember within all the Super Bowls I've seen if there's ever been summers, not like a really big heavy band that played. Uh, one that comes to mind, though, that I saw that was actually really good was. Uh, Prince. Prince, yeah. Yep, That's an easy that. one to go for. Quinn? Yeah, I mean, uh, to kind of piggyback <laughs> off that, as much as I'm uh, not a huge fan of Prince, I mean, I, I can certainly appreciate the guy's music and everything, but yeah, that one definitely uh, stands out. The other one I liked um, that some people might not agree with was the uh, Kid Rock, Aerosmith, and Run DMC uh, halftime show. One. I thought that was a pretty good one. And unfortunately, um, the one that I disliked the most would be the one that the Packers were in with uh, the Black Eyed Peas and Fergie because they just sounded absolutely terrible. Uh, Andrew? <laughs> uh, my favorite was, uh, I believe it was Super Bowl twenty seven, but it was Michael Jackson. And this was at like 92. 93. So, 93. So this was like the height of his, like the, the pinnacle where he was just, you know, Amazingly more well-known, but the what stands out to me is when he popped out of the stage and he stood there in silence, and they didn't cue the music right away, so he stood there for what seemed like forever, and the crowd is just going nuts the entire time, and then he went into 
I think black and white, but yeah, he also had like dancers dancing on top of both the Jumbotrons and Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. So that was my favorite. I think me and Mr. Rowan have a lot in common here because I text these guys when we were talking about it. I said Prince by far. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, Dave, you went, uh, you went pretty hard with Prince. Um, I think the Prince uh, halftime show was absolutely fantastic. I, I'm going back, uh, to I think it was 2001 or 2002, and it God, who was it? It was like NSYNC, Nelly, Aerosmith, like Mary J. Blige, and they did Walk This Way too, oh, Quinn. Yes, yeah, and, and the they had uh, they just had a great show. Um, it was such a big a big presence out on the stage. It was 2001, Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and Sync, Nelly, Mary oh, J. Yeah. Blige. I mean, that's that was... They were all, like, Yeah, that was when all they were popular. And it, to me, it was just a lot of fun. I think the, the thing with the Super Bowl halftime show is, you know, uh, it's hard to keep everybody happy. And at that time, you know, they kind of mixed some of the, the, the newer, you know, obviously boy band type whatever with, with you know, Britney and NSYNC. You had uh, Mary J. Blige, who was more from the hip-hop community, obviously, with Nelly. Then they brought in some old school with Aerosmith. And, you know, and then they brought them all together in just a really cool performance. Yeah, so as far as this list goes, um, running down... Running down the top 10 Super Bowl halftime shows of all time, according to Rolling Stone, number 10, Paul McCartney in 2005, number 9, Katy Perry and Missy Elliott in 2015, number 8, The Rolling Stones in 2006, number 7, Lady Gaga in 17, 6, Madonna in 2012, 5, Bruce Springsteen in 09, uh, 4, Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and Sink Nelly and Mary J. Blige in 01, 3, Beyonce in 2013, 2, (laughs) Prince in 2007, and Rolling Stones' number one Super Bowl halftime show of all time, U2 in 2000. And two. Now, aside from you too. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> aside from no, look, I would like to think this is a respect thing. Look, this was after uh, September eleventh, um, so it was after nine eleven. We all remember at the end of the show, um, they had a big uh, projector screen with all the names of the lives lost in nine eleven. Bono opened his jacket, and the American flag was inside of his jacket. So it was a, it was a very memorable, uh, emotional moment that you don't, really don't get from Super Bowl halftime shows. You know, they're they were entertainment yeah, um, for better or for worse. This had a bigger meaning. Um, Eric, from a music standpoint, my response was exactly the same as yours. Now, I can't stand you two. I think one of the biggest crimes in human history was when Apple uh, just automatically said, hey, everybody, to your fuck iTunes. you. You two's on your iTunes. <laughs> well, no, because because like people drive, like I was driving in my car, and I, I fucking can't stand you two, any of their shit. I don't, I don't like any of their shit. On and I got, my, with no name. I got my iPod on shuffle, and all of a sudden a fucking U2 song comes on. What the shit is this? But uh, I, I look. I got. I got to disagree with you two being number one. I and and I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't understand. It's it's like fucking Imagine Dragons. I don't understand why people like you two. There's not a single song that you two like. There's not a single time you two's been on the radio. And I'm like, fuck, man. I need to turn this up. And I like a lot of different kinds of music, country, pop. Uh, you know, rock music, some metal and stuff like that. But I've, I've never once in my entire fucking life been like, oh, yo, yo, dude, crank that Bono, man. Let's fucking party. And you can't party. That's my other thing. Erica, uh, if you listen to the podcast, I have a, a strong affinity for music. You can party and drive cars fast, too, and bang chicks, too. And you can't you can't have sex to you, too, unless you're some, like, weird, like, 
hippie no, it'd be like all weird with like, uh, like weird oils. And yeah, it'd be very weird not smelling interesting. incense burning and yeah. just weird. I'm, positions. I'm just shocked that uh, Timberlake and Janet Jackson wasn't on that list. It, it was on the list because it just was most memorable. It just Everybody wasn't. Remembers uh, it. it wasn't top ten. Let's see where Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. Uh, 2004. Uh, it was Janet Jackson, Timberlake, Diddy, Kid Rock. Jessica Simpson and Nelly. Uh, that was 20. It was the 20th of all time. Oh, and okay. we haven't seen Janet Jackson's I, I, nipples since. Um, Super Bowl 31. Does anybody remember who uh, was the halftime performers? Ooh, we'll have to get stats and which, re- research on that one. Which, which, uh, which Super Bowl 31? That's what the Packers and Patriots. Packers and Patriots. Holy shit. I wouldn't Louis, do Louisiana Super Bowl. I remember William Shatner did the coin toss. It looks like it, it, well, it was in it New was Orleans. Blues Brothers, Blues yeah, Brothers, Blues Brothers. And ZZ Top, oh. Dan Aykroyd, John and Jim Belushi, and, then ZZ Top. and James Brown. They are, yep, they were number 24 on the list. The Blues Brothers from 1997. Uh, John Belushi was dead, by the way, but the Super Bowl brought back the Blues Brothers, perhaps because they couldn't get the 1985 Chicago Bears to reprise the Super Bowl shuffle. Wow, Rolling Stone is trashing this. Uh, Boy, and how much of a kick in the face wow. of the Chicago Fuck Bears Rolling, is that Fuck to have Rolling the Blues Stone. Brothers? Listen to this. Uh, Actright John Goodman and Jim Belushi immodestly attempted soul classics by James Brown, <laughs> yet maybe deserved a little air. Oh, fuck you guys. God, Rolling, what a bunch of fucking pretentious hippie fucks. Bunch of pompous elite taint hammers. <laughs> Fucking! <laughs> did you see, since we're on the Super Bowl subject, did you guys see the cheapest ticket that's going right now? It's like forty nine hundred or something. Fifty seven hundred. Fifty seven. Well, they went up. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they'll get a lot of their fans there for that one from uh, from KC and well, maybe San Francisco. Maybe some of those guys that work Silicon in the tech Valley. industry can. Uh, well, can San Francisco, go. they actually their stadium is what Carson City. God, Shania Twain, Sting, and No Doubt was number sixteen. Quinn's favorite. Fucking that pass. Quinn is secretive. Did you guys ever you see that that meme when it was a meme about Shania Twain and Brad Pitt? So remember that time. In 1996, when Brad Pitt was minding his own fucking business, and Shania Tang Twain came out and dissed him and said that he didn't impress her much. <laughs> fucking great meme. Eric, you said you were into metal music. If there was one metal band that you could have at perform at the halftime, who would it be? What was that? <laughs> I was I was saying if you're a metal guy, if there was one metal band that you could have at uh, a Super Bowl performing at a Super Bowl halftime. Wh- who would you pick? Oh, it would never happen. But it'd be a modern Mars to the Vikings when the Vikings make the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, now that would be something. No, but but like even having like Metallica, even like I think Metallica would absolutely band. fucking blow the roof I'm off. I'm very that place. surprised that they didn't have you know, them when or, they had or, the Super Bowl or, in San Francisco. You know, Guns and Roses, or, Guns and Roses. It's, it's like like it's it's funny that that you know football as a whole uses metal music to hype up the fans, you know, quiet riot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, but they use all that music to hype up the crowd, but yet they can't have one of those bands play. 
I've been, you know, I'm shocked, and maybe they turn it down. I'm a huge 80s music fan, and I like a lot of different kind of 80s music. I am shocked that they've never had Bon Jovi do the halftime yes, show. Especially I, when they had the Super Bowl in New Jersey. In New Jersey. you got to imagine, like, from a crowd singing along, you're not going to ever have, and I shouldn't say ever, but I, I don't know that you're ever going to have a, a more crowd participation than 60, 70, 80,000 people all singing Living on a Prayer together with John Bon Jovi. Now, John can't sing very well anymore. He's, his voice is roached. But I think it would. they've got such a deep catalog. They could do a ton of stuff. But I agree with you, Eric. Even Guns N' Roses coming out like with Welcome to the Jungle, oh, Sweet, just sweet Child of Mine, um, Live and Let Die, you know, Knock It on Heaven's Door. I mean, there's so much. Paradise City. Could you yep. imagine? Could you imagine the whole fucking place is dark and all of a sudden the whistle and that da 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 Fuck yeah. Oh, if, they, if they opened with Welcome to the Jungle and then closed with Paradise City... And, but the place you know, would go bananas, and so would yeah. the people at home watching. That's what I don't understand about who they pick to do these Super Bowls. It's like, you know, you, you have a short period of time to entertain as many people at home as possible, as many people in the crowd as possible. you got to try to grab people from all different generations. I, I don't know why they go with some of these people. Well, do you know? they even get paid now for halftimes? I no, think see, it's the pay uh, is just the viewers, they, right? Well, I thought it was they kind of have to They do it pro bono. Yeah, see, I but thought the bands it's had just to, pay. to get them. It's just I, uh, it's I've heard, yeah, I've heard that they actually have to pay to do the halftime show because it's a it's such a promotional. Publicity. So maybe that's yeah. why Bon Jovi yeah. turned down those cheap bastards. I tell you what, my my best surprise ever watching the Super Bowl halftime show. I was uh, beyond disappointed uh, that Katy Perry was going to be at uh, at the halftime show in 2015, and then. And then she rode out on that giant fucking like animatronic tiger, and it was fucking great. <laughs> you just you like, just love the shark that couldn't uh, dance. The shark that couldn't dance, but no, also she's like, all right, she's right. You know, I, I guess when I watch Katy Perry like ride out on that fucking tiger, it's something that I would have pictured like fucking Freddie Mercury doing like with Queen, just <laughs> a giant. There you go. The they could have fucking Queen, even if it's with Adam fucking Lambert, still have Queen come out and play. We will rock you. We are the champions. Fat bottom girls, although they probably have to send. Or that. Oh, yeah. mm, you couldn't can't do play, that. Can't Somebody play be fat. offended. Yeah, I don't want to offend anybody, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I think you know what, Eric. I think Metallica would, uh, you know, it's obviously be on the, the heavier side of what would be. But uh, tell me, the fucking stadium wouldn't be going bananas to enter Sandman? I mean, just fucking nuts. Of course. Well, speaking of like music, uh, so later this summer, uh, Rockfest is coming up to Kadat. Yeah. And you are a big mainstay of going there. Um, which band for this year are you most looking forward to? Uh, obviously, uh, Slipknot. Slip it's always good to see. Uh, Steel Panther. Oh, hell yeah. They're really fucking good. So as, I think is Steel Panther going to be at Rock Fest or so? See, we're talking. There's two different rock, big rock events coming up here this summer. No, we have we have Rock USA, which I did see. Steel Panther was on the docket for Rock yeah, USA a lot of for guys Saturday. Do double shots with that, I think. Yeah, they do. They a lot of people go back and forth. I think the last like two years, Rob Zombie's played Rock Fest, but he's missed uh, 
Rock, Rock USA. USA. Yeah. Third time's the charm. Yeah, he's at Rock USA this year. Again. Uh, uh, tried again. Tried. Well, I'll be at Rock Fest with my backwards red Yankees hat and my white t-shirt getting ready for Limp Biscuit to come out oh, on the oh stage. Oh my god, I thought that was uh, I thought that was an interesting one. So, yeah, they're going to be at both. Yeah. Limp Biscuit will be. And I actually saw them uh when I was training uh for wrestling in Minneapolis when uh actually um Metallica was on their summer sanitarium tour. I saw them. I saw I saw Limp Biscuit, uh, Metallica, and I think the Deftones were supposed to play as well. But their lead singer had something go on with his throat. So, uh, yeah, you know, saw those guys at the uh, up at the Target Center, and they put on a hell of a show. And you know, at the time, I was I was kind of lukewarm on Limp Biscuit. Wasn't totally into them, but you know, they put on a great show and blew me away. So I'd check them out for sure. Yeah. Or maybe it'll come out that Wednesday. Wednesday, so it'll be '80s night. They have uh, Slaughter and Queenstrike. What? Oh, beautiful! Fuck yes! Is that at Rockfest or Rock USA? Yeah, it's at it's at Rockfest. Fuck All yes! Right. '80s night. I tell you what. So when Rock USA first started in Oshkosh, their first I think year or two, it was pretty much all just '80s music. Yeah. I remember that their first couple of years, it was all '80s music, and then they, you know, they made a pretty a uh, pretty hard switch to more yeah, more of the harder more stuff. to the harder rock. Yeah. yeah. So like for Rock USA, yeah, like it, I, like like Ice Cube this year. Yeah, Ice yeah, Cube is gonna I, be. I, a I, I was pretty sweet. So, so before uh, Rob Zombie on on <laughs> was that Friday night. So for Rock USA um, Thursday night, it's being headlined by Five Finger Death Punch, which is cool. Um, Breaking Benjamin is before them. Three Days Grace, Asking Alexander, I Prevail on Friday. Rob Zombie is scheduled to headline. <laughs> um, but before him yeah, is uh, Marilyn Manson. So I mean, Manson and Zombie at the same uh, same stage on the same night is uh, is pretty huge. Saturday night being headlined by Disturbed. Uh, before then, we have Mastodon, Killswitch Engaged, uh, Theory, Atreyu, Star Set. Uh, Are you looking at last year's? Yeah. No, this is the lineup for this year's uh, Rock USA, not Rock. Yeah, well, I think you're looking at last year's. Did they just release? Fucking hang on. Let me look at this year's. Yeah, they just released like the, one, the one you're looking at they does not him. have they Limp Biscuit, which Limp Biscuit is on it. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Well, Dude, what a fuck. He's, 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 he's testing the one guy who knows. Yeah, what a fucking. What a fail. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Thursday, you hey, son of a bitch. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? This is the guy who likes. Here we go. Here we go. This is the guy who loves '80s music. If yeah. it was, if it was Journey, Motley Crue, and Bon yeah, Jovi headlining, I'd have had these fuckers well, on the back Thursday of my head. Thursday is headlined by Limp Bizkit, Limp Bizkit, yeah. Hailstorm, Chevelle, Avatar. Um, the one I know, James Cameron's going to be there. Is we came as Romans. Jesus. So that's one of the one, one of the lesser known ones that I. Can I know, and then on uh, Friday, a zombie with Ice Cube. Before oh, yeah, him. Not, yeah, not Manson. It's uh, definitely Ice Cube. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? How does Ice? Okay, I get he's a draw, but how the fuck does Ice Cube fit into Rockfest? Can somebody explain this to me, Rock USA? Uh, that'd be that's a tough one to figure out. He must have just have okay, some they, can always, they can always do rock versions of his song of him rapping over yeah. the top. Do of you it. think they'll do that? Well, Maybe. Yeah. God, hey, I wonder. Hey, I, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, man. <laughs> I already wrecked myself by announcing last year's lineup, Andrew. So thank you. <laughs> thank like, you. So, so the guy is saying the lineup from like 2006. <laughs> Steel Panther and Anthrax on Saturday with Papa Roach and Slipknot. That'll be badass. Insane Clown Posse. I was a little. Uh, a little oh, think of the wrestling they're going to have for that. <laughs> Where all my Jesus. juggalos at? Speaking, speaking of uh, tours, is uh, 
the Def Leopard Motley Crew Poison Joan Jet Tour we're coming to Wisconsin. Uh, it is in Milwaukee for uh, a Tuesday in August. I have uh, my tickets purchased already. I am being cautiously optimistic that Vince Neal is going to lose enough weight he's got a to trainer. be able to sing. Uh, he's got a trainer. And from the announcement of the tour, which you knew they were planning it before the announcement, from the announcement of the tour to the first date, he had over seven months. Uh I heard rumors that there was a clause in the contracts stating that Vince had to lose weight. Um, have you seen uh, Vince any time recently at all, Eric, or Motley Crue, either Vince Solo or Crue as a band? Never. I'm looking forward to going. They're playing uh, in June in, in Minnesota. Yeah, so Vince, so Vince, the deal with Vince is, you know, obviously uh, just a fucking legend in the 80s and 90s. Um, when they came back in 2005 for their Carnival of Sins tour, now this is their big, big comeback. Um, Vince was on TV with a, a pro bodybuilder named Craig Titus, who is now in jail for murder. Um, but he was on that that uh, that. that I'm glad you said that before I could say friend of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast, <laughs> Craig Titus, friend of the podcast. Thank you for us, Quinn. But no, so Vince, they did this big thing, the remaking of Vince Neal. So he lost a bunch of weight. He obviously still wasn't in the shape he was in his, you know, his teens and 20s and early 30s. But he could could kind of perform. Yeah, we need to get Vince Neal on the Marvel diet. He could kind of perform. Um, He runs around on the stage a lot still, and he he was getting out of breath a lot. So his voice, obviously not what it used to be. But the biggest issue with Vince Neal performing is he got so out of shape that he would have to sing like every third or fourth word. And then he was just holding the mic out to the crowd (laughs) every time. do the work. So that was 2005. Vince has gotten progressively in worse, worse, and worse, worse shape. Um, until this year, people were just blasting him. They had all these memes. They were calling him Vince Meal. Um, just all kinds, you know, they were photoshopping him with that, like, abominable snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed <laughs> Reindeer. Um, if you if you just Google, like, Vince Neal fat or, like, Vince Meal with an Poor M. Poor guy. Or memes. Um, but so when they announced this comeback tour, people were like, uh, yeah, but what about Vince? Because Poison, everybody's in great shape. Yeah, um, Brett fine. Michaels, Brett Michaels does. He's very active on a solo scene. He does phenomenal. Well, he had a health scare too. So yeah, like he, he just had, had to make sure that yeah, he takes so care of Brett himself. So Brett takes care of himself. The guys from Def Leppard are in great shape. Joan Jett is great. And uh, Mick Mars, the guitarist for Poison, has got a really degenerative bone disease that, that's fucked him up pretty bad. So he just kind of stands over in the corner, but he can still shred the fuck out of his guitar. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Who's, who's that? Mick Mars, their, their lead guitarist from Motley Crue. All right, first you said of, of Poison. Oh, no, no, no. Brett Michaels. <laughs> Brett, oh, oh, fuck. Did I say a poison? You caught me on that one. Oh, you son of a bitch. He's, he's getting out his shovel, shovel, shovel to bury you any chance oh, he gets. But, uh, but no, so Vince Quinn, is good. It's no longer you. It's this guy. Uh, hey. It's this guy. It's this guy. Hey. Hey. Oh, ouch. Oh, it's oh, That's what he calls everybody else's guy. 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 And now guy. he's getting called guy. No, but so Vince is going to be kind of the big question Ask mark. Me. Hopefully he loses <laughs> enough weight to put on a show. But I will tell tell you eric motley crew um is every bit as much about just being at a fucking circus uh the first time i saw them was in 05 they had girls like fucking hanging from the ceiling on these big silk ropes midgets running around shooting off fireworks uh for girls 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 they brought their choppers out on stage you couldn't even hear yourself think so it's uh it's every bit as much of a visual circus 
Yeah. It's every bit as much yeah. of a visual circus as it is a concert, but there there may be some points where you have to kind of try to tune out Vince Neil's voice. But uh, the rest of the show is going to be phenomenal. I'm going to remain cautiously yeah, optimistic I was, I was on Vince Neil. I feel about the same way, and you know that's definitely a show. I mean, if nothing else, I think that's one that you have to go to just for the... I don't say want to say you fucking did it, man. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Say, say you did how it. How much longer are they going to be around? You're, you're you know? not. Yeah, these guys aren't. And really, the the thing that really pushed Motley Crue to going back on tour had that movie The Dirt not come out on Netflix. This tour would absolutely not be happening. Oh, absolutely. So The Dirt came out on Netflix. Eric, have you had a chance to watch that? Yeah. Yeah. So that movie fucking came out, and all of a sudden you have a, a whole new generation of people who are like, fuck, man, the 80s were yeah. awesome. And well, I'm over here like, that's what I've been fucking saying the whole time, doing blow-off strippers' butts, Tommy's doing whatever in the middle of a party. You know, it was crazy times that with the, with social media and cell phone cameras and shit, there will never be another time like the and 80s because you can't have it. And you're showing all that to a group of people who, like, listen to Ed Shearing. Yeah, yeah. These you know, kids are like, this Whoa. and then they're like what the fuck yeah, are these like, guys holy cow they're banging in the bathroom at a party like that's what you did in the 80s it didn't mm. matter who it was you just did it right eric what was your favorite part of the 80s when i was born <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say when uh, i was watching mason quinn wrestle <laughs> i'm watching quinn wrestle no, that was like 92 yeah <laughs> he's the one that got you into the business do you, you saw like, mason quinn and you're like hey i could do that <laughs> you said you're a metal guy do you do you get into 80s music eric oh of course uh you know it's it, it's it's it was all it was all good man like uh it, it's always good to go back and like that's all that classic rock and then like even like go back to the 70s you know it's good i just i saw the band ufos touring you know it's last tour 50 freaking years and they're playing at some in a small ballroom by my house in a few weeks that i got like hit out and that was back in like i think they came out in 67 68 wow ufo like, was still performing they're still performing. Wow! So it's like I saw. So it's like I got. I, I keep trying to catch all these bands before they before they pack it on in. I know? saw Bob Seger in July or in in January of this year. That was fucking yeah. crazy. Go ahead. No, but like you know, all those bands from the eighties that could wail. It's, it is crazy. Like really good musicians. You wouldn't think it. Like even that band Extreme, they had so many hits outside of. Uh, those you know, have more than words, I think. Yeah, yeah extreme yeah. was good. You yeah. know, you, you, like like they hooked him in with uh, more than words, and then extreme played all this really heavy shit. Yeah, they were the good. 80s That's... metals band I liked was uh, Iced Earth. They Iced... had a song called oh, Wolf. God, wow, you went really deep on that one. <laughs> they're, well, they're, they're, still, they're still playing, too. Yeah, different, different, just... A little bit different lineup, but they're still playing. Yeah, I Here, just remember a guy playing Wolf in the weight room, and I was just like, this, this, this is, is good. helping this me live. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. Well, that's got to be one of the benefits that you, you, know, you do get from being on the road. It's like, hey, if you're in a town and there's a band there, you can check them out versus you know just being in one area and having to travel, you you know, you know, uh, I guess it'd be on your own dime. Yeah, so you'd, to be, speak, you'd be crawling be, the walls just in yeah, your hotel room all the exactly. time. Exactly. No, it, it definitely breaks up the monotony when I'm on tour. Like, uh, especially when I'm overseas, like I try to hit up some shows cause there's always shows playing, you know, overseas. So it's, it's nice when I'm like in a different country to be able to go to a, you know, club right after the show. 
Oh, that would yeah, that'd be awesome. That's a way to. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big nightclub guy, but I but I'm a, I like like going to concerts to relax and just listen to some music and then so like there's always you know some concert going on somewhere. Well, nice. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, relax with a couple of cocktails or whatever it might be, and uh, call it a night. Well, you no. Know, just before we go here, Eric Rowan. What are some of the big goals that you're going to be accomplishing in the WWE? Are we going to be seeing a title on you soon? Um, I, I'd like to set my standards really low. No way, I'm never going to one. Okay, no, fine. Uh, when do we get to see what's in your cage? If you set the bar low <laughs> enough, thought, then you I, can I, always I really, just walk really, right over I really it. thought Quinn would be able to tell me what movie that was from, but he just he didn't get it. <laughs> oh, I was just... I was just sitting back here enjoying it, letting the, letting, <laughs> letting the that, that, that was the devil's rejects quote, quote, by the way. Uh, Quinn failing. Failing again. And he's, he's failing. Uh, no, uh, obviously I'd like to get a, a single setter title. Well, in the WWE. I mean, that's always been a goal of mine. Uh, and just continue with projects outside WWE, just kind of broadening my horizons, as you would say. Yeah, like more appearances in like music videos and movies and stuff like that. Um, just anything I have interest in, I guess. Nice, nice. nice. Yeah, I mean, because it's it, it is refreshing, you know, just looking at it, you know, just purely from a fan standpoint. I was telling these guys in production that it's so refreshing just to see two big guys in a wrestling ring, just beating the shit out of each other for a change. And I, you know, just because there, there has been a bit of a movement, you know, towards some of the smaller guys and more athletic and maybe more durable or whatever, but you know, there's still nothing like seeing a couple of big hosses just going at it. So that's really refreshing to see. And, you know, hopefully we'll see some more of that uh, in this coming year. Involving so you, you watch a lot of Greg Collie Greg Call versus Undertaker. Oh, there. I was thinking, uh, Jeez. <laughs> Greg Collie, and then if I could, uh, if I could bring back Giant Gonzalez and have those two <laughs> go at it, it'd really be something else. I was gonna, well, uh, same to person. I was gonna say the Mummy, yeah. <laughs> the Mummy from WCW. <laughs> he, is a, he is a giant of a man, though. I tell you that. Uh, believe it. Hands like catcher's mitts, <laughs> just like Quinn's. Yeah, working at it. Yeah, you're all right. So here we go. Uh, thanks again to uh, Eric Rowan for joining us this week on the Bad Medicine Podcast. Good luck in the Royal Rumble this Sunday. Uh, it's on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. <laughs> First time subscribers, you get it for free. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we see your hand raised in the center of the ring, That's celebrating a victory. Uh, Quinn has uh, put some money in Vegas down on you. Quinn so. also Good. has a fat head of you, just so you know. <laughs> it hangs over his bed. Stop it. <laughs> so, for the Appleton Oak, man of a thousand poses, Dave Bay, Mason Quinn, Diamond Dave Damone, and the answer, thanks once again, Eric Rowan, and good night.